0: Let's talk more facts about the Vax. Let's discuss risk versus benefit on this episode of Pushback. the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello again, everyone. This is Dr. Johnny and welcome to Pushback. Over the last several episodes, we've been doing some deep diving into the realm of vaccination. And I believe it's such an important topic for really two essential reasons. Firstly, is there is a in the process of development of a COVID-19 vaccine. Uh, It is currently in clinical trials, and they are fast-tracking this vaccine to try to get it to the masses uh, to hopefully end all of this craziness, all of this um, shutdown and social isolation, and the things that have uh, been a response to this horrible virus uh, on a a global scale. And the only way a vaccine is going to work or be effective or help solve our problem is if people actually take it. And there's been a lot of, I believe, misconception and, uh, and fear connected to using vaccines. And, you know, I, I have been researching this and really looking at both sides of this issue uh, in great detail. And I respect those who have concerns about vaccination. These are our children we're talking about. And and when I talk about culture, I talk about a generational mindset. And so I compliment you for being proactive and looking into uh, whether this is safe, whether there are alternatives uh, but but I believe my perspective, and in my opinion, uh, as a physician, as a minister, as a father, uh, that I think it's important that we talk about this and talk about vaccines and what is the actual facts connected to the vaccines so that we're not making decisions from fear, we're making them as, as informed citizens. I think that is absolutely critical. Um, so I, I actually sat down after being on call one night and, and turn on the TV and there was the uh, House Committee congressional hearings with Dr. Fauci, uh, the head of the NIH and uh, Dr. Redfield, who's the head of the CDC, and uh, they were getting questions from the House Committee, and I thought it was fascinating. It was almost two and a half to three hours I listened to the majority of it uh, and took notes and paid very close attention to the things that they're talking about. And of course, they're referring to what's called Operation Warp Speed, um, and it's about it's about getting a vaccine to development as fast as possible. And I know that there's been a lot of concern, even from my listeners, that uh, this is going too fast, that maybe they are cutting corners. And Dr. Fauci uh, said that he absolutely guarantees that that cu- the corners are not being cut, uh, just red tape. And a lot of times that's the politician's role in intervening and in fast-tracking something so that this becomes the highest human priority for our nation, is to develop a an effective, and safe vaccine. Dr. Fauci did um, compliment the studies uh, and he was very encouraged and he used the word robust in, in, in terms of the immune response that, that the human studies have been having in response to this vaccine. And that is critical when we're talking about vaccine development is the, is the immune, uh, a robust immune response to the vaccine so that immunity is achieved. I found it interesting in some of my notes that I took as they took a Fox poll and they said that 60% of American citizens today would take the vaccine. 23% said they would not, which doing the math in my head, that leaves about 17% that are uncertain. Um, this is my concern. I'm not sure 60% is good enough. 60% is pretty good, uh, but that leaves 40% of the nation unvaccinated and vulnerable not only to contracting COVID, but continuing and perpetuating the spread. And so if we have a general mistrust and fear towards vaccines, then people won't take it. That's human nature, and I get that. But part of my heart in sharing this, and this is why this is the third episode discussing vaccines, and I may have more to say even after this, Uh, is that we need to talk very specifically about vaccines firstly, and then we can deep dive more into the COVID vaccine specifically, and you guys can decide whether this is right for you and right for your family. But we need to talk about information that's there and maybe dispelling some of the misinformation that's there as well. And so I have committed to you as a listener to really look at both sides and and with honor and trying to take the other person's perspective. And in this episode, I really want to talk about something called risk versus benefit. I mentioned it briefly at the end of last podcast. Risk versus benefit is something that we do every day with pretty much every decision that we make in life, is we weigh the risk versus the benefit. If the benefit is greater, then we feel like it's worth the risk. If the risk is too high and, and outweighs the benefit, then we typically won't engage in that type of behavior. It's true with any, every part of life. And so in this discussion, for you and for your family, you need to weigh the risk versus the benefits. But we need to understand the real risk, the true risk, the factual risk, and the real benefit and the factual benefits, and see if at the end of the day, what comes out is a decision that you can live with, a decision that is right for you and for your family. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that this is right or wrong, but I do want to give you facts based on my medical history, my medical experience. Uh in regards to vaccinations and how I believe they are important to this and important to the conversation, this global conversation that we're having right now. So what are some common concerns that people who maybe are anti-vax or people who have concerns about vaccinations have? Well, the first one I talked about quite a bit in the last podcast, so I won't talk about it as much in this one, is that vaccines cause many harmful side effects, illnesses, and even deaths or long-term effects. Well, last podcast, I I went more deep diving into this so you can review uh, last week's. But um, unequivocally, vaccines have been shown to absolutely be safe and effective. We have 30 to 40 years of history uh, referring to uh, and, and studying these vaccines and show that there is absolutely, and I say this, absolutely no correlation between vaccinations, autism, neurologic disorders, SIDS, many of the things that people have been describing as direct connections to vaccines. And the studies have shown that there is absolutely no connection. In fact, the the risk of vaccination for lasting harmful effects or death are so low, are so low, that it's, it's considered, this is why it's being considered such a mainstream recommendation by those who administer the vaccines, as well as those who have knowledge and medical knowledge uh, about vaccinations and immunizations. Most vaccines, um, any adverse effects that they have are minor and temporary, such as a sore arm or mild fever. Uh, But hear this, you should expect to have almost a mild fever because that's an immune response. It actually shows that the vaccine is working. It doesn't mean that you're getting measles. It doesn't mean that you're getting influenza. It means that your body is mounting an immune response to the vaccination, which is exactly what it's supposed to do. More serious adverse effects are extremely rare um, and more in the realm of allergy. And it's one per millions of doses, per millions of doses. This is extremely safe with rare, extremely rare side effects. And the fact is that your child is far more likely to be seriously injured by one of the diseases than by the vaccine that's given to prevent the disease. That is an, an absolute finding according to medical research. When we hear a lot of the pushback against vaccinations one thing in my experience as i've been researching has never been discussed is the actual diseases that they are trying to prevent we can't take those out of the equation because they're real and if we're not seeing them every day in my practice or in the world it's because people are vaccinated it because it it actually shows that the vaccine is effective Number two, diseases have already begun to disappear before vaccines because of better hygiene and sanitation. Now, there is absolutely no doubt that better hygiene and sanitation helps prevent spread of disease. That's actually been proven for sure. But we can go back and look at many of the vaccinations, such as pertussis. Um, they actually recommend if there was no immunization program in the United States for pertussis, that it would increase 70-fold and the deaths to pertussis would increase four-fold. Uh, the real permanent drop in measles incidents coincided with the licensure and wide use of measles vaccine in 1963. That's a pretty modern era as far as sanitation is concerned. But really, the best example would be the the Haemophilus influenza type B vaccine, the Hib vaccine, because it's much more recent. But the Hib vaccine was... was um, Haemophilus influenza was very prevalent until the early to mid 90s. I actually remember this even in my own practice. I'm old enough to remember uh, still some Haemophilus influenza. But in the mid 1990s, when the conjugate vaccines were used uh, for infants and it was finally developed, uh, it was about right right around 1990. Um, Sanitation is not much better now than it was in 1990, but there was actually a virtual disappearance in the haemophilus influenza B disease in children, uh, in recent years. And it's actually directly, there's no way to attribute that to anything else other than vaccination because of the extreme dramatic change, even after, um, hygiene and sanitation had already been improved. Number three, the majority of people who get diseases have been vaccinated. Well, I'm not going to say that one's actually true, but this is just simple mathematics and epidemiology. So if you have a 1,000 people and only 5% of those 1,000 people, they all were vaccinated, and and they had a 95% success rate, which means 5% got the disease, 5% of a 1,000 is 50 people. It's such a huge number. More people are vaccinated. If you have 10 people that weren't vaccinated and all of them get the disease, that's 10. So it's 50 to 10. So more people that got the vaccine got the disease. That is actually true. But there's such a huge number of people have been vaccinated that it's simple, it's simple epidemiology. It's never 100% immunity from the vaccine. It's very high in the high 90s. But even that small percentage of a really big number is still going to have more people vaccinated that get the disease. It's just mathematics. It makes sense. And if you can get Everyone who is unvaccinated, vaccinated, the number overall will go down dramatically. Number four, vaccines weaken your immune system. Well, this is just simply not true. Vaccines do not overwhelm or weaken your immune system. People are too worried that that because of the, quote unquote, high dose of the vaccine, that our immune system will get overwhelmed and be unable to actually, A, mount an immune response or B, actually become dangerous. Well, immunity is actually a response of a strong immune system. And so contracting the disease, contracting measles, does not necessarily create greater immunity. It just creates side effects and complications from the disease. Some people think it's better just to go ahead and get the disease. It's better just to go and get COVID than actually take the vaccine. Either way, you're mounting an immune response, but one has potentially serious devastating side effects, hence the reason for creating vaccines. See, this is is critical to understand because I I think it'll help frame this conversation. Your child is exposed to thousands, maybe tens of thousands of germs every day in their food, in their air, in their mouth. We have germs and bacteria and viruses everywhere. And so our immune system is constantly active. Thousands of times a day, it's mounting an immune response or creating a response to an insult or a threat to our body. So vaccines is simply a natural way, a simple way of introducing a deactivated virus so that your body's own immune system that is strong and healthy responds to it so that you actually don't contract a devastating disease. It does not weaken your immune system. It actually strengthens your immune system because strong immune systems are immune. If I am vaccinated, then I have immunity to the things in this world that could hurt or harm me. That feels like a strong immune system to me, not a weakened one. People would argue that vaccines are foreign chemicals. Well, there is some chemical natures to vaccines to preserve them and to have them be mass produced. That is true. But the secret sauce, the the potency of the vaccine is actually what's called an attenuated virus. Attenuated means a weakened or less vigorous virus. Oftentimes, it'll just actually be a little piece of the virus, um, the part that your immune system would actually react to. And an attenuated virus is used to make a vaccine that is capable of stimulating an immune response and creating immunity, but not causing the illness. And so I think people think that when we are injected with vaccines, that we, are actually, we actually have foreign chemicals circulating in our body that's actually protecting us from disease. That's actually not true. The vaccine is actually just present to actually trigger your own immune system that creates immunity to the disease. Vaccines are not chemicals circulating in blood. They trigger your own natural immunity and they do it in a safe manner, in a safe manner. It's your own immune system creating a response. So the next point of discussion is that doctors and federal agencies are, quote unquote, too close to the pharmaceutical industry. Now, these are real concerns. And I I understand I'm not naive to the fact that our country is capable of corruption Uh, capable of taking advantage of people. I understand that completely, but I would like to push back against the narrative that physicians receive some kind of kickback, that we are in the pockets of the pharmacies. No, we do use pharmaceuticals uh, in certain circumstances for our patients when we do feel like it's necessary, but we do not receive any compensation for medicines or vaccines, period. And I understand that, that pharmaceutical companies are big and powerful and influential, uh, but we have to understand too that this is capitalism and pharmacies are responsible, whether we like it or not, for saving millions of lives, for, for making medicines available to the masses so that we can actually help people in a real and timely manner. But we always need to consider the source of our information. If there's a bias, if there's some type of secondary gain, that should be the case when you listen to me as well. Am I, am I selling something? Am I, is there something in this for me? It doesn't mean that it's wrong. I've watched a lot of commentary on people who are anti-vaccinations. And, and the problem that I see sometimes is that they give their opinion and at the end they hold up a book and they're trying to sell something. It doesn't make them wrong, but it does. It should put up a red flag that this might be more of an infomercial than actually information that tries to help you. We just have to be careful. And, and so it just allows us and it requires us to dig a little bit deeper. And so we have drug representatives that comes to our clinic and, and tell us about the new, latest, and greatest medicine, and they often show us studies that have been done internally. And those studies are usually dismissed by us, honestly, because there's secondary gain. Of course, their studies are going to show that their medicines help. And so we as physicians need to be proactive to dig a little bit deeper, find out which medicine works, find out why this new medicine is better or not better than anything else that's there, that's cheaper and more effective. So we have to dig in. So pharmaceutical companies, we, we do have to be proactive about this. But we are in a situation about our current vaccine where we need vaccinations. And then once we do have a vaccine available, we need to distribute it to the masses. So Operation Warp Speed is absolutely in, co- in cahoots with the pharmace- pharmaceutical industry because they're the industry. They're the ones that can do it. And so they have been contracted to develop a vaccine to not cut corners, to go through the appropriate channels. But the politicians have allowed them to move quicker through the process so that when it's available, we can distribute it. AstraZeneca, one of the largest pharmaceutical companies, have, have contracted to provide 300 million doses of vaccine. And they're going to distribute it with no profit at cost. Now, they do have a research and development uh, contract where they are receiving compensation for that. So we don't have to feel sorry for them or worry that they're going to go out of business, but they don't also don't have to provide this at no cost. I believe that's fairly patriotic of them to do that because they see the importance of keeping our economy moving and keeping the workforce active and keeping us healthy. And I believe one of the strongest, most effective ways that we can do that is through vaccination. See, Why is this important? Why am I talking about this so much? Because I believe it's a sign of healthy culture, not just that you agree with me, but a sign of healthy cultures that we don't respond to fear. Second Timothy 1 says, seven says, for God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I love that because we're not guided and directed by fear or misinformation or conspiracy theories or or hate speech or or uh, condemning or or um, ridiculing one another. But we are driven by by the voice of truth and, and the life that he brings us and of a sound mind. And I believe that means informed decisions that we can that we can actually think about this rationally and say, what is the best? What is the best for me and for my family? Ultimately, the decision is yours, but I would like your decision to be an informed decision. See, I see vaccines as a God-given gift, a gift of ingenuity and protection. And I believe that history has proven that, and I would like to share that uh, with one more installment of of facts about the vax, about history and, and, and the importance of understanding what's happened in the past so that we don't repeat our failures and our mistakes. It's risk versus benefit. I'd like to just finish this with a couple uh, viewer questions and comments. There's been uh, several comments and questions about hydroxychloroquine. There's a study that came out just this week from Henry Ford in Michigan uh, that showed that there was effectiveness with hydroxychloroquine uh, for uh, hospitalized and severely ill patients. Um, unfortunately, this was not a gold standard test. And Dr. Fauci did actually reference this study uh, when he was testifying on Capitol Hill as well. Uh, you can write this down, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies. Randomized, meaning that some patients get it, some patients don't. It's double-blind, meaning the ones who are giving it and the ones that are taking it don't know. And it's a placebo-controlled, meaning that some are given placebo, not the medicine, to see if the reaction and the response uh, is, is better than just chance alone. Random chance. The study by, by Henry Ford was not a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study. In fact, it was wrought with many problems. And the main one being that those who were severely ill also received steroids. Steroids have also been shown to already actually help those who are severely ill. So there was no um, no distingu- distinguishing uh, study uh, separating the steroid from the hydroxychloroquine. And unfortunately, there have been several randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled studies with hydroxychloroquine in response to either treatment or prevention of COVID-19, and all of those have shown that it's been ineffective been ineffective. So that is the current medical stance that hydroxychloroquine at this point is ineffective. And Dr. Fauci said this at Capitol Hill, and I will say the same thing. I will echo his sentiments. If there is a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study that shows the effectiveness of hydroxychloroquine in the treatment or prevention of COVID-19, then he and I will promote it. There's, there's no reason not to. We just have to have the evidence so that we're not taking something that has potential dangerous side effects, which it does, Uh, for something that has been proven to not be helpful at all. I find it very interesting that those who have raised the red flag about the vaccine, the COVID vaccine, going too fast and and not being studied effectively are the same ones that are willing to take hydroxychloroquine with no evidence that it works. (laughs) See, we need to have a sound mind. We need to think about this and approach these things with a scientific mind and, and, and find out what the facts actually show. So um, I also just want to read a note from Vanessa from Minnesota. Uh, This is going back to the Brown Initiative. I keep uh, installing these quotes about this because I've gotten a great response uh, about this. And I said before that I don't believe that we should move past this. We need to go back. Vanessa said, thank you for speaking this, this truth. This, too, has been burning in my heart for a long time. At one point, I made it a mission of mine to stop seeing people of color and see them as human beings and stop segregating by the shade of a person's skin. Because of that, I've mostly avoided passing the black and white label to my kids. The news and the conversation is all about black and white. I heard myself using these words and I shuddered. I do not want my kids to overhear me calling a person black or white because it is my desire to teach them not to segregate people due to the color of their skin or any other thing. We are all God's children, period. Thanks for this refreshing reminder that this conversation needs to be about treating people as human beings rather than a conversation about race. Thank you, Vanessa. I appreciate those kind words and we need to keep talking about this. I will not let this go and I will keep bringing up this conversation um, in, in episodes with your questions and maybe further episodes to come. I've been so pleased about the response to, to this vaccination conversation, and I need to hear from you. Not everybody has agreed with me, but I need to hear uh, why. We need to have this discussion. I'm not trying to intimidate people. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to actually understand the, the barriers and the concerns and maybe even the fears connected to vaccinations. And I want to talk about these. So I need you to go to gofam.org, click on the media tab, find the pushback um, media page, and there's a place to leave questions or comments there for me. Uh, And and remember, if I use your comment or question on the air, I'm going to send you a free gift as a thank you for participating in the conversation, because this is really, really important. So thank you once again for tuning in. And now let's go together to set and shape the culture.